0: Hello, I'm Antra. I'm Garima. And this is the Antra & Garima show where we bring to you the juiciest conversations which could sometimes get borderline controversial. Sometimes.
1: Yeah, we'll try not to get there.
0: Basically, it's a little bit of what we like and a whole lot of everything that we know you will enjoy. From the hottest events in town to the most
1: trending topics, we've got it all. And joining us today is a passionate HR professional who has over a decade of experience in India and GCC. But not just that, she was a computer engineer, is a psychologist, has a degree in HR, and now is the founder of Ascent Consulting, LLC. Wow. If wow. I would have been on the HR side, no? yeah, I would have been like, dude, she's like my full family. <laughs> like my brother is a computer engineer, my sister's in HR, I can be a borderline psychologist because I've studied psychology back in my uh, college days. So yeah, you like... Three people, do it in my family <laughs> One already. Person. Wow, this is Farzeen and welcome to the show, Farzeen. Thank welcome you. Farzeen. Thank you so
2: much for the amazing intro. Thank you so much. So amazing to be with both of you wonderful ladies here today.
1: We are
0: super excited and we have so many things that we want to ask. Absolutely. Let's get That's rolling. Cool.
1: <laughs> Let's do this. Thank you, guys. And we are so excited to have you. Absolutely. <laughs> you. Because if I would have been reading all of that on her CV right now as in HR, I would have just looked it in and be like, whoa. Wow, you're hired. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you Quite
2: Thank an experience there, yeah? Yes, fair amount of experience. Um, yeah, a lot of water down the bridge. Yeah, a lot of stories to share. How did it all start? Oh, well, um, I never wanted to be an engineer to start with. I wanted to be a psychologist. but okay. then, uh, there so you ba- go. Back in the day, uh, psychology was not considered a degree. Oh. So, I had to choose either between medicine or engineering. So, my parents are doctors. Okay. And the last thing I wanted was to follow the rules. So, I said, nope, I'm going to go the other way. So, when I did my engineering degree, I realized that, ugh, this is really boring. I'm going to totally suck at it. So That explains the, the
0: chemical engineer part. Yes. Okay. So, then after, <laughs> after that, the I did,
2: did an MBA in... Uh, I did my degree in psychology, and then I went on to do an MBA in human resources because I realized that I love working with people. Nice. Um, that's, that's my passion. I really enjoy... I just concept behind, uh, you know, a computer or something of that sort. So I decided that so I should HR pursue my past passion. Is, but goal. to
1: actually look at it, psychology and human resources, they kind of complement each other. I think it's like a really good thing to have that degree going along with this one. Yeah, well, it does help you
2: understand people to some extent, but sometimes the kind of people that walk into your life, you're like, oh my God, psycho. <laughs> yes.
1: We didn't even study about this in psychology, right? <laughs> no. Like, yeah. Okay, before we actually yeah. dive into the questions about HR and all of that, I actually want to know from you, according to you, what does an HR- Is this an interview? No, 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 no Okay. okay. <laughs> just, just a very casual question. Like, what do you think an HR does? Easy, higher than five. Okay, no. <laughs> There's more to that, there's more to that. She's giving me the looks. Um,
0: onboarding, recruitment, uh, performance evaluation. I think a little bit of compliance, addressing people and their issues. What am I missing?
1: Wow. Yeah. wow.
0: Pretty much most of
2: it. Yeah, so we take care of the employee right from the start to the finish. Uh, that's what uh, the HR is about. So it's about
1: yes. human like resources. From the job interview to the exit interview. Yeah, from, right, from, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> from day one to, day <laughs> to, the, to the And end. Actually, to look yeah. at it, these are the guys who are there in the whole lifespan of that employee with the company right from shortlisting your CV from LinkedIn or your website to the exit interview and making sure that you get everything that exactly, you actually deserve. Exactly, right, yeah. that's the only common person. Like, just imagine how important that person is in the company. Very. And yet, companies don't
0: <laughs> give HR the importance that they that they should get.
1: Yeah, like sometimes yeah. they just do away with it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Because I mean, I, I, I could interview on appoint someone, what's the big deal? Yeah, yeah, because that's what they think, no? Hire and fire. Yeah, exactly. Like what yeah. I said. <laughs> Ignorant one. But we're pretty much sure that, you know, there's a lot more to that. So if you can just take us through and talk us through the actual daily base routine of an HR professional, what exactly it is like. So, well, HR is, uh, you know, there are different
2: levels to it. Okay. At a very simple level for a small organization, it's like what you said, hire and fire take care of the day-to-day requirements of the of the uh, employees, you take care of absence management, payroll processing, compliance to local labor law, things like that. When you move into a larger organization, your role as an HR professional will be more complex. You will handle more things when it comes to talent acquisition as well, talent management, talent development, manpower planning, HR cost management, Uh, performance management at different levels, right, from your bonuses to your incentive. Uh, Then, of course, then there's succession planning, mentorship programs, coaching. Mm -hmm. Then there's a whole L&D piece, which is all your learning and development, uh, identifying your technical trainings, behavioral trainings, making sure all of these things happen. So the complexity keeps increasing depending upon how large the organization is and also how focused the organization is upon its employees. So there are large corporates sometimes who are not who don't want to invest in their employees. Right. They just see them as, you know, a resource to use. Mm, and mm. that's not very nice. But there are some organizations that are very employee-centric. And these are the ones that we see, you know, who, who get ahead. Because they invest in their employees and they are they care about them. They want them to grow and develop. And it, it has to be a mutually beneficial relationship right. for the employer and the employee. Right. Uh, you know, both sides should benefit. Right. It cannot be like, a, mm. I take, 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 and, you know, you give everything to me. It has to be a give and take those are the most successful employee employer relationships that i when one grows the other one
0: also grows exactly yeah, yeah. Right. so you yeah. know
2: if you want your company to be uh, you know more sustainable and you want your growth to be more sustainable then you have to invest in the employees so they can grow along with you right and they want
0: to be a part of your growth right karma yeah. let's do let's do it like right from the start to the end like you said right so what is the first thing that you notice about someone when they walk in for an interview uh oh. Yeah.
2: Well, I think for me, the first thing that I notice when somebody walks into an interview is their smile. Okay, right? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, yeah, yeah, something. Okay. Um, a lot of times people, people are very nervous when they walk into an interview. For me, that's the first indicator mm-hmm. about how confident that person is. Uh, does he or she walk into my room with a smile? Then, of course, I look at the whole attire. Like, are they appropriately dressed for the role that they're applying for? Yeah, presentable. Presentable can be smart, casuals, or formals, depending upon, you know, I always say... Uh, it's better to be more formal than informal Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so how they carry themselves into the room how they introduce themselves uh Mm -hmm. you know uh and the posture when they're sitting down Mm -hmm. at the desk like are they like we're we're launching over then they do they dump stuff on my desk like their handbag or mobile no 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 it's my desk you don't keep stuff on my table without my permission so these are little things which you might not before they even open their mouth there's a whole ton of stuff which has already been noted.
1: Right. So, yeah, right. So these are things. That is across departments, no matter which department yeah, you're coming in and yeah. for.
2: So, you sometimes find like really senior people or really highly qualified people come in and they have zero personality or like mm-hmm. zero grooming and etiquette. And you're like, oh, like you they're are not on, fitting into our culture. Like, right. they're good on
0: paper. And yeah. I think let's backtrack a little bit. What about the, the CVs? How do you go about judging someone based on their CV? Like, what do you look at? Well for one we don't believe everything the CV says because a lot of people <laughs> fluff up
2: fluff up things in their CVs you so always we, have
0: chat gpt to glorify whatever you're writing yeah, especially <laughs> now
2: if the CV is if the CV is very eloquently put but the person who walks into the room is not matching the CV you're like okay there's some work has been done, <laughs> maybe on the person and the CV as well. Mm. So we, mm. we have to take whatever is on the CV with a pinch of salt. Mm. And that's why the interview happens. Right. And we also do psychometric testing, which is another indicator as to oh. what is a personality like. And there are uh, some companies that invest in doing technical tests as well in terms of their um, uh, abstract reasoning, numeric reasoning, verbal reasoning, these kind of things as well, to make sure that what you put in the CV is actually who you are.
1: Have wow, you ever gone through that? that?
2: So you have the psychometric assessment that's something which we do as well as a part of our work wherein we uh, do personality testing for people okay. to make sure that they are the right fit for the role that they are applying for. Okay. So you match the competencies and the traits of the individual to the role that they are applying for to see whether you know if for example somebody who is getting into sales you need someone who's going to be like really pushy and ambitious and flamboyant and creative. Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody who's like an introvert and very gentle and quiet him he- may or may not excel in that particular role. Mm, So depending upon the role, there are certain personality traits and certain competencies that you expect, both technically as well as behaviorally. So we do these tests to make sure that, you know, they fit that role. Because this would be in addition to doing an interview. Because an interview, no matter how much you try, uh, there can be bias. Mm -hmm. Right, of course. So in order to offset the bias that could possibly happen in an interview, we always recommend that you add a psychometric test along with interviews Especially for critical positions, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you know that you are getting the right person into the role. Because it's always very expensive if you've made a wrong hire. That's right. of course. Very Very expensive for the organization. Very true. Firing them, rehiring and training another person and then all the lost time, all the lost knowledge. It's just Mm -hmm. doesn't make good financial sense. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Be really careful that you fit the right person into the right role. Right. Okay, so before you even make it to the interview, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of filters for your CVs as well. And since you are going through so many CVs on a daily basis like is it the right approach especially for a market like Oman here that you update your CV upload it on LinkedIn all the openings that you have you keep applying everywhere and then just wait for the magic to happen is that the right approach if you are in the process of looking for a new role and you know like if you switching jobs and all is that the right way is LinkedIn really the right platform to look for a kind of role or a job that you're looking for. Well, to be honest, LinkedIn is just a start. It's okay. just like the it's tip a of start. the iceberg. Yeah. So,
2: especially in a in a country like Oman, Oman is very connection oriented.
1: Mm. Right. Mm.
2: It's about who you know and how you tap into your network. <clears throat> so that's really really important in Oman. So you have to actually go out there and make personal connections with people. Or if you've already been in the country for a fair amount of time, you use your existing network. You spread the word out among your friends, family, relatives past colleagues, to let other people know that you are looking for a role and this is the kind of role that you're looking for. And a lot of times, positions get filled through referrals. Mm. Right. And as employers, typically we we prefer to hire people who come through referrals to some extent Mm. because we know who we are hiring Mm. rather than a completely unknown person. Right. Of course, that person has to fit the bill in terms of, Mm. you know, the qualifications, experience, Mm. the skill set that we're looking for. Mm. But having the fact that there is a common factor between us makes sure that the person that we're taking in would probably be a good fit for our culture or not.
1: Mm. Right. But Fazina, I have a question there. Yeah, like, let's take a scenario here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say that you have a lot of entries for a certain role that you're looking for. Okay. Yeah. And uh, in all those CVs, you have shortlisted a couple of them where you have amazing skill sets, great experience and is like a very impressive CV. Yeah. Here comes your boss hands over another CV mm-hmm. and says that I know this person, hire this person. How do you really decide then that whether you should be going ahead with just because if it's a reference or because it's r- genuinely a very nice, impressive CV that's right there in front of your table and you know that, okay, this one's going to do the job better.
2: No, so this is where the strength of the HR comes into the picture. So in okay. organizations where HR is empowered, yeah, they would be able, they take the call to a large extent in terms of saying that, listen, we will give that person a fair chance right. just as all the other uh, candidates. Right. And then it's, you know, whoever is the best candidate, that is the person who we pick up for the organization. Right. So that's ideally what should happen. Right. Now, if it's an organization that supports, you know, HR in the right manner, then this goes through. Now, there are organizations where HR can get strong-armed into saying that, okay, fine, yeah, you you think candidate A is better than candidate B, but I want candidate B because he's somebody's cousin or uncle or whatever it is. So in such cases, it does happen that HR would have to appoint candidate B, even though it goes on record, that candidate A was a better candidate, but then that's documented. So in the interview notes, you would meant, for example, I mean, it's happened to me as well, in in my previous organizations as well, that you have pressure put on you from from the higher-ups or, you know, from stakeholders or shareholders who say that, oh, you know know what, you have to take this person because of X, Y, Z reason, and so on and so forth. Uh, So you have, but you document it. They say that, okay, this was not the right fit. It was
1: somebody else who was a better fit, but has been taken because has been referred by X, Y, Z. Yeah. But now just imagine that whichever team that person is going to, the mm. manager is also facing certain issues there then. Yeah. Eventually he would if yeah. that person is it's really not, not, not right qualified. Person, yes. So then how do you go and help the manager out? Because you're in HR, you've got to be, you got to keep the manager also happy. You've yes. also got to keep the higher ups happy. Absolutely. So how do you then help a manager to deal with an employee who is choosing not to work, but also knows is not going to get fired?
2: Yeah, so the, we, we face this a lot as well. So yeah. there are, you know, some some people have a certain amount of immunity. They know that they can get away with it. Mm, yeah. So what happens in such case? what my advice would be for line managers would be to have a very clear job description in place. Right. When the person joins, make sure that they sign it, that this is the job description. These are my key responsibilities. These are my KPIs. These are my goals for the year. This right. is what I'm going to be assessed on. And if the person is not doing it, then you follow the due process of labor law. So... Uh. Oman Label states very clearly what you have to do if a person not notices? Rolling. Yeah. So you have your verbal warnings, you have your written warnings. And then, you know, if still things are not working, then you put the person on a performance improvement plan. So it's a long process, I understand. But follow the process. Because, you know. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Now just imagine this person being a cousin of the hire. <laughs> How
3: yeah. you like, really
2: do yes. Yeah. It's, it's going to be hard.
1: Yeah. And the yeah. hardest for the HR to justify is, yeah. to both the parties there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So... When it comes to HR, people think it's HR is all about, you know, birthday parties and <laughs> uh, employee engagement and all yeah. the uh, happy and fluffy stuff. Yeah, There is a little bit of that, but a lot of HR is about people management. Right. And it's not for everyone. So people, a right. lot, lot of people get into HR thinking, oh, it's going to be a cushy job. It's going to be mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Because mm-hmm. you, you have to manage so many different people's expectations. Mm-hmm. You see so many different faces of the same people as yeah. well. So, you know, you you, you see a lot. And it can
0: be emotionally exhausting sometimes. Yes, it can be.
2: It can huh? be. So you have to learn how to keep your work at work and not take it home because otherwise it can really drain you. Yeah. And um, you have to, to some extent, you have to kind of, you can't really have friends at work. Yeah. That's very hard. Really, to, you yeah. would say that.
1: You can't so have for me, at for work. example,
2: personally, I, I couldn't really have any deep friendships when I was working as an HR manager. Right. Um, because... I don't know when I'm when I'm going to have to call that person into my office and fire her Mm. for whatever reason or Mm, I have to call her in to, you know, give her a disciplinary warning or Mm. so on. So and also it doesn't send out the right message to employees Mm. as well Mm. that, oh, you know, she's pally pally with that person. So I'm sure that she has certain advantages and benefits. Right. That's not the right kind of because you want to be perceived as being ethical. You want to be perceived as being fair. Mm. So that means you don't pick sides. Mm. You might have a side which you've picked already, but mm. you don't make it evident. You listen to all parties, and you try to be as neutral as possible. It's very hard. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, yeah, and you try to keep a poker poke face. So that's something which I really learned in my early days. Because mm. normally, everything shows on my face. So. Right. <laughs> when I took on the job of a corporate HR, I learned, okay, I have to learn how to control my emotions and not show... Anger or disgust or shock or you know yeah. whatever it is so. let's talk about faces I actually face. yeah
1: I actually <laughs> have a question coming from this one talking about poker faces and faces is it okay to actually add a photo to your CV to actually add a mm. face right there. And my following question to that would be that if you are kind adding of a photo... Yeah. I really want to know because, you know, I've been on both sides, yeah, yeah. actually. In my last uh, career of like 18 years, I've been on both sides. Giving an interview, taking interviews. Mm. And you here see a CV which has got... You know, some people actually put their formal photos. But some yeah. of them, the logic behind that is... I actually got a lot of likes on Instagram, so yeah, this like made just the perfect for client <laughs> CV, yeah, I think. yeah. And I'm like, uh, uh, okay. So, yeah. question. Yeah. Should we add a photo to the CV? And if we are, what should we keep in mind? So, adding a photo to the CV
2: is not really required. A lot of uh, a lot of countries actually prefer that people don't put a CV, uh, put a photo on their CV, because it could lead to bias.
1: Oh. Mm, yeah.
2: So mm. in certain countries it's not you're not allowed to put a photograph on your CV.
1: Countries like
2: like the UK for example, they prefer that you don't put your put your photograph on the CV. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But as, uh, the practice in the Middle East typically is to put the photo on your CV mm. and put a nice photo on your CV. But again, right. it has to be a corporate photo. Like it has to be a formal formal photograph right. where you actually look nice. Don't put your passport photo where you're like all this like you know
0: like weird. <laughs> it's <the worst>.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's never come out nice. You you cuz I always feel that I think my passport photo looks like a mugshot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if I were to put that on a CV... That's, a, that's a true passport photo then. That means the photographer did the job. That's yeah. what he's supposed to look like on the so passport sometimes size Sometimes you get these CVs with really
2: unflattering photos, and are like, oh my God, do I really want to hire this guy? Like, yeah. You yeah. know? So that's on one side. Okay. And then on the other side, you have some, some people who put on these weird photos. I'm like, what were you thinking when you took this picture and put it on your CV? Like, you know, like, very... Really, very seductive or like very suggestive. <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm so curious. I definitely. Want to see I've had photos. work done on my face. Look at me. That kind of like oh my god. Why? Why,
0: why do yeah, you? No what you
2: that. This is like ten steps back for womankind. Yeah. Anyway, so so there are there are people like that as well. So. If you're putting a picture on, on your CV, I would mm-hmm. highly recommend that you get a proper corporate headshot done when right. you're wearing a formal attire. Mm-hmm. Right. And remember that you're living in an Islamic country, so please respect the traditions. Right. In the sense that don't be, you know, don't wear revealing or be clothes. Be modestly attired and so on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no flashy jewelry mm-hmm. uh, when you're going for an interview. Mm-hmm. Like no jingle jangling bangles and bracelets and fat earrings and... You know necklaces and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We've mm-hmm. seen that as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so keep it Definitely. keep it simple. Be elegant. You know. So the same thing would apply in your photograph as well. You know. So make sure that it's it portrays that you are a professional. You are serious about the job. Yeah. Not that you're like you know oh look at me I'm so pretty come hire me. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not what yeah. you are you suggesting.
1: Yeah. 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 Also talking about as to how much should you really share on your CV mm. because. Uh, You know, some people actually have this mindset that if my CV is of three pages, it's going to get that attention. My CV actually should be of five pages, whereas a lot can be said in just one page. I mean, just the highlights. So what is technically a good length for a CV? I remember reading this somewhere. It says that if you have over five years of experience or over seven or eight years, it can go somewhere to two pages. But anything below that should just stick to one page. Is that true? Or what do you say? So typically, if you
2: are just a fresher, if you're just starting mm-hmm. out, I would say just stick with one page, stick with what you know, don't fluff it up unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. If you are, like you said, a seasoned professional, then mm-hmm. yes, you can go up to a maximum of two pages. I've received CVs up to 20, 23 pages. <gasps> uh, so it's a book? <laughs> wow. It's a <laughs> it's manuscript. <not. laughs> yeah, I swear. So I was like, so this was like a very highly qualified doctor and I was like, oh my God, what were you thinking? 20, 25. Like, I don't 20 know what i ages. Is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, it, it, I think it was like, a page for every year of his career,
0: oh wow, so you know <laughs> twenty five wow. pages wow yeah, so
1: it, it's that's like one full day job for you right <laughs> like I'm done with today, <laughs> so what you need to understand
2: about a cV is that the hiring manager or the H r is not going to read the entire thing mm-hmm. so everything that needs to be said should be in the first page, mm. especially in the first half of the page, if you would ask me, right okay. we skim, oh, yeah, so we will look at. You know, the, the objective of the person or the professional summary of the person. Right. We would look at what are the key skills that they have. Right. And the work experience, the most recent one or right. two work experiences. Ah. That's it. Right. Yeah, right. Then, of course, we might flip over to see, okay, what are the person's qualifications? Mm-hmm. And, you know, certifications, if, if at all. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. essentially, everything that you need to say should be in the first half
1: of your page. Wow.
2: So, every word counts. Yeah. Write it in a simple language. Sometimes people use like very fancy language yeah. and then they come and sit in front of you for the interview and they don't speak that language. And True. you're like, you're not know, the person. I, so your CV is actually a precursor, you know, to what the person wants to expect at the time of an interview. Yeah. So it should match. Right. You, know, you should be talking the same language. Right. So it CV. might get you through the first hmm. stage but then the second yeah.
1: stage it's not really going right. to help you. Yeah.
2: So keep yeah. it simple. Be honest. Yeah. Uh, keep it short. Right. The less... Less is more. Yeah, perfect. I think that stands true for so many things in our so, life, yeah. right? So, Less is, is more. Because <laughs> see, you, everything that you want to say, you elaborate at the time of the interview. Mm. Your CV is just to get you there. Right.
1: Ah, what yeah. a li- right, just the perfect way of saying it, right?
2: Yeah, because that's the whole point of the interview.
0: If everything you want to say in the interview, if you've, said, if you've put it on your CV, then I mean, why are you here? Mm. So now everything is like, you know, through Zoom and all of that. So when you're interviewing people digitally, yeah. How do they make a good first impression? What do they have to do to impress you? Okay, so first and foremost, make sure you get your tech right. You don't want, the last thing you want is to be like,
2: fumbling, just, you know, trying to find your mute button and your video and all of that stuff. Just make sure that you know how to use the software, the Teams or Zoom, whatever it is you're using. Make sure that you know how to use it properly. Then make sure you're properly dressed, like formally, you know, if you're wearing a jacket or if you're wearing a formal shirt, whatever it is, make sure you're properly dressed. Make sure the lighting, in your room is appropriate. It mm-hmm. should not be too bright, mm-hmm. should not be too dark. So, mm-hmm. you know, switch on your video beforehand and see that it's all right. correct. And the background, if you have like stuff behind you, then try to blur your background or right. move to a place where you have like a, you know, like a more neutral kind of background. Mm-hmm. And make sure there are nobody, nobody's coming into the room when this is happening. See yeah, you mm-hmm. know, because this can happen a lot as well. Yeah. So you lock your room yeah. So that nobody comes in. Right. Let people know that you know you don't want people knocking at the door and like trying to disturb you when the interview is happening. Right. Here, yeah? mm. So make sure I'm that saying
1: inappropriate stuff.
2: Mm. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. don't want the embarrassing stuff getting out of your closet.
1: So Submission sure that closet definitely is definitely not for a reel, but not for an interview. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Yeah. So you know,
2: just do the preparation well in uh, well in advance in terms right. of lighting, sound, using of your uh, using the technology, and you know, and making sure that your background and everything is appropriate. Yeah. Mm. And you okay. yourself address appropriately. Mm. You don't mean your PJs when you're getting interviewed.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then someone calls and you get up and then there are your PJs right there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody's not do that. <laughs> okay, talking about interviews, talking about digital interviews... There is one question that every HR professional will ask you or whosoever is on the other side that what are your salary expectations? Mm, yeah. Now, I really want to know what is the right way of answering that question? Should you be saying that 30% of hike f- from my previous job or should I be saying that because I was very undervalued in my previous company, that's the reason why I'm looking for a jump and I should at least get 50%. Many a times, the companies actually even ask for your pay slips, the previous pay slips, mm. just to yeah. check mm. if what you are technically asking mm. for is there. Yeah. Or, uh, so basically, what is the right way of answering that question? The question being, what are your salary expectations?
2: So first and foremost, what I would suggest is that you wait for the employer to bring up the question of salary. You don't bring it up
3: mm.
2: in the interview. Sometimes yeah. people yeah. will jump up and say, what is the salary? Tell me first.
3: Ah. Like,
2: Goodbye. Yeah, that's it. Hyped. That's a red flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. So first and foremost, you wait for the other person to, as in the interviewer, to bring up the right. question of salary. Now, if the interviewer asks you, what are your salary expectations, then okay, make sure that you've done your research. Mm. Okay, so you do a market study and you see what what is being paid for that particular role. Right. So the number that you quote should be in line with what is being paid typically in the market. Mm-hmm. Right. So do, if someone's being paid 500 riyals for that job, you don't go in there and ask for a thousand. Mm. So what you ask for should make sense, Mm. you know, can be a little above a little below, whatever it is, but make sure that it makes sense. Mm. And secondly, so if you've been in the country for a certain amount of time, you already know what, you know, what you should get paid for that amount. And if you're applying for a job that you already have a lot of experience for, then yes, you can ask for a bump in the, uh, you know, bump Mm -hmm. in your hike. But I would always suggest that no matter what number you put out there, just add this last line saying that, but I'm flexible. Or Mm. it's negotiable. Oh. Okay. So that way, it's not like a hard stop for the employer. Because sometimes HR, we have budgets. Right. right? So our boss would probably come to us and say, listen, I want you to hire a person. And I know you should typically give 500, but we don't have budget for it this year. So you have to get a person for 450.
3: Hmm.
2: Okay. I'm
3: Hmm. just saying.
2: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So if that's the case, then, you know, like if, and you go into the interview and say, I'm not coming for anything less than 600, then you're like, oh. No, why Why wasting time? Why wasting time? You might just say that thinking that okay, if I ask for six hundred, maybe I'll get five hundred, whatever. But if you, if no, if you come across as like too hard on that number, Mm. Teja might not even call you back. she will be like, oh, you know what? She seemed like she's really strict on the six hundred. I don't want to call up and get embarrassed. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. she won't probably won't call. What if you were ready to to come in for four fifty because you know you want to get into the workforce or whatever it is? But Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. just put six hundred as a number because you felt that's what you were worth. But you are ready to consider a lower number. Yeah. Yeah. But by saying, not saying that you're open to negotiation or that you're flexible, uh, you cut that chance off. So right. always add that last line. This is, this is, this is what my expectation is, mm. which is in line with what the market pays these days mm. as per my inquiries. Mm. However, I am open to, uh, you know, negotiation if, if it comes to that.
1: Mm. I have another question. I
2: really do want
1: to work with you. Yeah, Yeah, I I actually have another question. Like, because, okay, this is one of those questions that is asked in most of the interviews. The second most common question is that, why are you leaving your current job? Um, yes. Now, what is the limit of being honest there? No, Can you really go out and say, <laughs> no, please don't. Well, no, listen. No, please. This is a long story, yeah, I mean, okay? Yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because I mean, like, or the other you would be aware of it as to why are you looking for a new job, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then So don't like, go into the whole like don't write a book about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So what is the right way of answering that question, also?
2: Yeah, so to to you have to be honest, but not honest to a fault. Mm. Like, given Enough information, but not too much. Mm. You don't want to tell them the whole story, about, oh, you know what? My boss was a terrible person, and then you know he's be so abusive, and he's done all his work on me, and la 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 <laughs> You suddenly became like an
1: astrologer story. here. <laughs> <laughs> <Like> <laughs> so many people have <laughs> so many of them just watching right now. I think if any one of us just looks into the camera and says that currently you are having a very difficult boss <laughs> in your life. I think this line stands true for 99% of the people, right? She knows Probably, me, yeah. she knows
3: me,
2: she gets it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so what I would suggest is that in such situations, give an idea of why you left the job. Okay. Mm. Uh, you could say that, you know, uh, I didn't, you know, I had differences with my previous employer okay. or uh, I, have, uh, I felt that I had outgrown my role and mm. I wanted more learning and growth which was not available in the previous company. So mm. as much as possible, try not to blame somebody else mm. for mm. your decision.
3: Mm.
2: Try to make it more of like, like I'm doing this for my own growth, mm. my right. own learning journey. Mm. And you know, I'm doing it because uh, I've always wanted to work, you know, in a multinational company. For example, just give me an example. Let's say you're moving from, let's say, a local company to a multinational company. So, mm. You know, I always wanted to work for a multinational company and this seemed like a good opportunity. That's why I thought mm. it was fine. I'll say goodbye to my old job and, you know, apply for a new one. Mm. So you don't always have to give the truth and the, the whole truth strength. and everything. That's yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. Uh, you have to be diplomatic because especially if you're planning to continue in Musket, I would mm. highly recommend that you water down the truth because Muscat is a very small place. Everybody <laughs> knows everybody. Everybody meets each other in Lulu and Carrefour and all the cafes that are there. So please, <laughs> Be really careful when you're leaving one organisation, moving to another. Do not burn bridges.
1: Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Two hundred percent chances. You. Yeah, you yeah. are going to meet the person. Somewhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. because it's a very small world.
0: Yes, yeah, and, and some somewhere the person also going to think that oh, tomorrow when she leaves from here and joins somewhere else, this is probably what she's going to say about me if you're going to yeah. say something negative about yes. the previous yeah. place, right? Yeah. Same thing with people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't give a good impression to a future employer when you kind of malign
0: your previous yeah. employer. as because well.
2: yeah. you're like oh, what kind of person are you? Like you spent five years with them, and then you, all you have to say is negative about the place. Surely there was something nice about it. Yeah, them, yeah, well.
1: yeah, that's and the, the reason so why you. Say it's say not a
2: nice bad. vibe to kind of start off. With if their new employer, so try not to get into too many, you know, details. I, I would advise yeah. diplomacy as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. Like, or you can just say that we had some differences. I just don't want to get into it.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Keep it there. You know, they will respect you for it. Okay. Write that. If they want to dig, <laughs> if they want to dig in, let them let them go find out their own facts. You know, yeah. Keep an investigator or whatever. it is. Good. Okay.
1: <laughs> but they're not getting anything from you. Mm. Yeah, true. 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 Okay. You just stuff. said that you know five years. A person has spent with a particular company. Uh, Tell me something that what is a good amount of time for you keeping the career growth in your mind to be spent with a company. Like when you look at a CV, and you see that a person has jumped or switched jobs every two years, Mm -hmm. you somewhere in your head you feel like why is this person switching jobs so quickly? Maybe Mm -hmm. That person really is looking for a career growth. Yeah. So, what is a good enough time, on an average, to be spent with a company? Like at least three years, you should be there. At least your CV looks like decent, if nothing else. Every three years, you should switch jobs so that you get your uh, career growth. Also, both you're know, like, you know, like learning wise, also, and even uh, money wise as well. So, what is a good time to be spent with a company, and especially keeping Oman market in mind? In mind, yeah. The Oman market
2: is not as vibrant as the rest of the. GC market. Mm. So you don't have as many ca- career opportunities here. So usually what we find is that people find a job and mm. they stick on with their company for many years. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because, mm. simply because there aren't that many opportunities available. Mm. Market. So you can't really judge them on the fact that, oh, you stayed in the company for 10 years. Yeah. It must be really dumb. Yeah,
1: You know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: it could just be that the person didn't have a suitable opportunity in the same Technology. geography and was not willing to leave the country. Or it could be the fact that the mm. company, you know, they've, they've grown, you know, mm. really, like the company has also grown. And the person's role has also grown. And, you know, she or he has continued to learn. So his progress within the the organization. His progress within the organization. So what I would recommend is that rather than putting like a time frame, like, oh, I will stay with the company for only a minimum of two years or only a a maximum of two years or three years or five years. Mm -hmm. You need to ask yourself, what do I want from this job? Mm -hmm. What am I hoping to learn from this particular company and this job that I'm in? Mm -hmm. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. like, It needs to be a mutually beneficial relationship. Mm. Both the employer and the employee needs to benefit. Mm. Now, there will always be a time when the scales will get tipped, where you Mm. feel that you are giving more than you're getting back. Mm. That's the time when you make a switch.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: and it can be different for different people to think about everybody
1: yeah (laughs) it's
2: different for different people for some people it could be two years some people could be three it could be five for some
1: people it never happens because they
2: continue to be growing and learning and you
1: know the company is also investing in the employees are training sessions that are happening you're making sure that they're also learning new skill sets you're also growing with it yeah Yeah. 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 so as a good HR if I get
2: a CV where somebody has been in an organization for let's say 10 or 15 years Mm. I would have to see what has the progression of growth has it been the same growth for 15 years yeah. I'm like oh dude you don't want to yeah. get out of your comfort zone bye bye no yeah, thank you right, yeah. but if it's someone who's grown let's say for example he starts off as a customer service executive and then he moves on to senior executive and then assistant manager and then deputy manager and manager and then right now he's the head of uh, operations I'd be like mm. whoa good on you you know like right. you've grown you've worked your way up the ranks right, respect yeah. you for that man yeah. right. so that's on one side but yeah. uh, on the other side if you see someone who's popping multiple jobs yeah. like I would say at least finish one contract Unless Correct. the job is so terrible and the mm. boss is awful or, you know, the work is terrible and you just mm. can't stand it or the, the pay is really bad. I would highly recommend that you finish at least one contract because a contract was a promise. The end right. Of the day, right. Right. Just from both sides. So if right. you sign a contract, honor it. Mm. You know? I mean, mm. you're only worth what your word is. Mm. You know? mm. So right. finish your contract and give due notice and move out. If you're planning to move out, give new t- due notice and say I, I will be leaving in a month or two months or whatever it is and, and move on to uh, to the new opportunity mm. but at least one contract is what I would recommend minimum of two years mm. to come mm. finish in an organization mm. again when it comes to CV like when you see a CV where there are multiple jumps again I would look into like okay where has he moved to? what kind of role is it the same role but in a bigger organization mm. or a better organization mm. Mm. or is it a maybe it's a smaller organization but a bigger role mm. you know mm. so it's justified yes yeah, so what we are looking for here as HR What's the story here? And mm. what are you trying to tell me with your CV? Mm. Like, you know? That's essentially what we're looking for. And if it's a story we like, we hire.
0: Simply put. Yeah, yeah. right. Alright, so, All right, so moving on to now that you've been hired, now yeah. it's your first day on the job.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. it honestly
0: takes you two, three days to figure out whether you've got a good team and a good boss. Oh, yes. And see, that's not the case. Say you're dealing with a difficult boss. Oh. Yeah, that, you're like, okay, and I'm yeah. stuck for the next two years. I need to get through this because you yeah. shouldn't quit immediately, right? So yeah. how do you deal with a difficult boss? It could be anything. Yeah. So what I would suggest is that like when it comes to difficult
2: bosses, don't make snap judgments. Okay? Just because a person has maybe like a particular wife which you don't like does not necessarily mean that he's a difficult person or she's a difficult person. So you need to first ask yourself: like, is it a problem with me or is it a problem with that person? Right. You know? So Kind of ask around, observe the other people in your team.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What are their relationships like with the boss? Mm-hmm. You know, Is it like he's universally hated by everyone or is it just like you kind of find him or her like, right. you know, like, oh, my God, this person mm-hmm. is just not the kind of manager I want to have. Mm-hmm. So you got you have to be a little bit objective there and don't let your emotions mm-hmm. take control and just like run all over the place and you walk or walk around talking about him or anything. So observe and see if the rest of the team is also facing similar issues. Right. You know, and if nobody else seems to be having a problem, then you'd be like, okay, then is it just me? Mm. Maybe it's the time to kind of, you know, like talk to someone and see that, okay, how are you guys managing to work with? Maybe he has a particular way of getting things done and you haven't figured it out yet because you're new, mm. you know? So it could be the way you communicate. It could be the way you get work done. It could be the quality of the work that you're submitting because people have their quirks, you know? So Agreed. if to some extent, if it's, if you're new and you still have to figure out your manager's quirks, give it some time. Right. And more importantly, have a conversation with your boss. Mm. Ask them exactly what they want. How do you like me to communicate with you? How mm. often do you want me to communicate? Do you want me to WhatsApp you? Call you, email you. Mm. You know? So if he gives you a project, ask more information. Okay, when do you want me to complete this thing? Okay, what level of detail do you want it in? And you know, what format do you want it? In? Ask. Don't be shy. And you finish a whole ton of work and then he says, this is what I was looking for. Mm. And they're like, oh, he's a difficult boss.
1: Mm. Right. You know, you so know a lot of times important. it happens. Um, it, it, like, you know, technically your job says that it's an eight hour job. Mm. But exactly. a lot of times it happens that post six o'clock, once you're at home and with your family, yeah. the boss calls up and just say that it's just a five minute job. Mm. That five minute job is actually taking away a lot of good energy from a conversation that probably you're having with your family. Or probably not in that zone and that five minute thing what you feel that is just an email for you to send just just attach the document and send it it's technically not five minutes it's it's actually an hour okay now you take this once you take this twice you take it five times now you want to keep your boss also happy by saying that you are very committed to the job but you also don't want to Burn bridges by going to the HR. Yeah. When is the time? Why is is HR always a bad guy? (laughs) Yeah, because straightforwardly, I don't think so. The person is going to say, because if the person is. we have have such a bad rep, I mean, like, seriously. Like, we have such a bad rep. We're such nice people. I'm sure that I I think even you can relate to it. I mean, like, I'm sure that you must have also got a call at some point of time. Time in your career. Yeah, that. Hey, can you, and then you start avoiding the call. Yeah, and, and then certain
0: people are just inherently sadistic. They want to, you, they know that you're gonna leave at five, and they want to call you in for a meeting exactly
1: at four. Ooh, that, that <laughs> mail will just. I think it's a scheduled mail. You know, the person is gonna leave at five. But <laughs> let me just schedule this mail at four forty-five, or just at four fifty, and just let like, me know so that the weekend. then it's been like twelve hours that I've already sent you this mail and this. You know, task is not so, so being done. So are just like that. So, yeah. And you can't really go
0: to the HR complaining about that you because can't. these are things that you yeah you need to work it out yeah. with your boss. Make yeah. It to yourself.
2: yeah.
1: Oh. Any suggestions How? for that? How? <laughs> yeah. How to deal with I that? I sense. I sense <laughs> some truth here. No, no, no. no. It's, it's in the studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> we get questions. Yeah, we
0: yeah, yeah. questions. It's nothing. Nothing it's not personal. Yeah. Nothing no, so, involved.
2: so essentially, I think to some extent, you need to respect other people's time. Right. Right. So. Okay, work time, is and work does take a huge chunk of your time away from your family. Already you're at work for several hours of the day. And then when you go back home, you want to kind of like leave work behind and you want to kind of be at home and be mm. present at home. Mm. So and like you said, when, when the email comes or a call comes, you, you're irritated and you, mm. you don't want to get into that zone. So
3: mm.
2: one thing you can ask the person is, is it really urgent? Do I need to do it now? Or is it okay if I send it to you tomorrow morning?
3: Mm. Mm.
2: You could ask that. Mm. And if it, if it is really urgent, you know, okay, then you do it and mm. if it
0: isn't then you know the person should get the message that you know yeah. so the second type probably it's thinks sort of nice twice thing to do, so yeah. she thinks twice before they call they're like hey you know she can ask me last time so yeah.
2: maybe I'll look but for her after five to be honest not many people are that sensitive they would be like yeah whatever I'll ask you again and again and again
1: that's oh, also so that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> and suddenly someone came to my mind <laughs> I set oh, the record. Can't. So, the record. Oh, yeah. The record. Yeah. so yeah, so you are a
2: like, face leader as well. I didn't know. <laughs> We're in HR we do these yeah, things, man.
1: Like, yeah. So then, how do you do like how how do you deal with that then? Like, no, you so, just, so then, see, the thing
2: is that you communicate with the person. You tell them, like, this is not done. Mm. Like, you know, like, is it okay for us to kind of agree on mm. like work is work and home yeah. is home time? Yeah. yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And you have to try to work it out yeah as diplomatically as possible because again if it's mm. your boss then it's going to be and it, was, it should not be an everyday thing right yeah. you know if it's like one off like let's say for example the budget is being prepared and then you need to put in you extra hours. yeah that's
1: yeah, yeah
0: that's okay
1: that's that's fine. Fine. but if that's it's happening every day
2: then maybe you need to have a conversation yeah. with the person and say that
1: you know yeah. like let's to, not do this yeah yeah
2: and it's a, it's going to be a very uncomfortable conversation i'm sure yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i'm not kidding you, but it might be a conversation that you... If you think it's... You know, it's really bothering you. It's really affecting your time at home. Right. You know, and you really need to set your
1: boundaries. Mm. That's a conversation you need to have. And, you
3: know...
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, I mean, another thing. Like, how much of a personal information you should be sharing with uh, the people at work? Okay. Or your boss? Because, you know, a lot of times... Uh, I might be wrong here. When you tend to share a lot of your personal information, the next thing mm. you feel is that is the person trying to micromanage you because he already knows your schedule, like...
2: Yeah. So that's not a or, good idea. like,
1: you know maybe because the person knows and now this is the time for that one to get back. So, yeah. like, where to draw the line and how to kind of do it? So, my advice would be not to give too much information at mm. work. Work is work. Right. You should stay at work, right?
2: Yeah. So, I'm one of those people who I I prefer that I don't want to know everything about you, you know?
3: Mm. Uh, mm.
2: Let's just stay work friends. Right. Let's not like. Let's not make it. personal. then, how
1: do you make it fun? <laughs> like you have to even ask that. What but are your yeah. plans
2: for the weekend? Right. Yes, like so you, you can. But you know, like say, it depends on who you're having the conversation. So if you're having a conversation with with a peer, uh-huh. right, with your with your who are on the same level, fine, it's fine. You can you
1: can you can share and you can overshare and over overshare and over all <laughs> that stuff. It's fine. Okay. 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 We have yeah. another question. Okay. good, go go Okay. Okay. Yeah. Should you add your bosses to your Instagram, Facebook... Oh, please don't. All oh, oh please ones? don't. No, unless your social media. Like okay. your, should your bosses find a place in the friend list of your social media profile? What happens if a boss sends you a request and you haven't accepted it? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. that's, that's, that, 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 that's even more interesting. I really, really want to know yeah. that. No, so... Uh, a simple yes or no. Just give me so, a yes or no. Don't uh, be Gareemha, me what are you there. doing on Instagram and Facebook? I want to ask first. So I would say...
2: Uh, <laughs> If the content that you're posting on social media is halal... (laughs) (laughs) Then you can add your boss and, you know, boss's boss and whoever you want. (laughs) If it's not so, then I would recommend that you kind of keep your, you know, Ah. dark side away.
1: (laughs) Ah. Well, Well, very
2: rightly put No, because, you know, simply because people can be very judgy. Mm. And, you know, and you don't want that judgment to kind of color your work interactions as well. Your right. Work, you know, right. Like, oh, you were at that party last weekend. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I saw no your pictures. Ah. Yeah. And then yeah. the conversation
1: starts from there and as to why yeah. you late at work, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <and> <laughs> that was so Thursday. Yeah. Sunday and then they will behave as if they don't yeah. know. And like you would follow us and I saw you there. Like I saw you in, the you in my list. story. Yeah. and then You liked was. it also. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> we are all in the same boat, right? Yeah. But then yeah, oh okay, I got it. Okay, and since we are on the topic of social media, uh, okay, we understood that when are we adding the bosses. But uh, do you guys also do a little bit of a social media check, background check before calling a person for an interview? Well, not in all cases, For like
2: critical roles, like important roles, critical roles, which which would impact the reputation of a company. Mm. That for those people, definitely, we would do a background check. Because, you know, you don't want to have someone who doesn't align with the company values or who's like, completely like mm. you know on a different track because to a large extent social media tells you what kind of person you know what is the vibe of that person mm. Correct, right Correct. so mm. i think we don't realize that, yeah but yeah so i would recommend especially for certain individuals that if you're going to apply for certain roles in companies mm. senior roles and you know like important critical roles go back and do a check mm. on your social media platforms and cleanse
3: mm.
2: do a little
1: cleanse <laughs> detox <And> detox <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, yeah.
2: uh, and remove the stuff which you don't want your future employer to see. Ooh, yeah. I mean, hey, that could have been what you were like last year, and maybe you're yeah. a whole other person this year. Yeah. Right? I mean, come on, who am I to judge, right? Yeah, so,
0: yeah. yeah. So, how do you judge a person
2: when when it comes to the uh, yes. job role?
0: Well, of
2: course, the qualifications, experience, the kind of companies that they worked for. We always we always prefer to do a reference check. Like we check mm-hmm. back with previous employers about you know how the person has been at the place of work and then the overall personality of the individual is very important for me like right how does like i go a lot by intuition yes okay all of this stuff is on paper but right when i've met the person how does he or she feel like like mm. can i work with this person or is this person going to fit with mr x like because mm. i know what the department head is like right? Okay, if you know i don't want to put like an overtly emotional person with like a really serious and logical manager <laughs> you know like yeah, it's work, yeah. Right? so you know like it is in my case i look at the personality of the individual as well yeah uh, and of course all the other data that we get, we gather through all the other different testing and everything which we've done uh, and yeah so i kind of balance it with both rational stuff as well as intuition right i know that okay, this person's definitely going to work out it.
0: mm-hmm. not going to work mm-hmm. and and this might be a little personal. also you've been in a lot of leadership positions yeah when it's a new team, how do you get them to align with your values and the company's values and your vision? How do you do that? Yeah, so
2: the first and most important thing is when you take on a new role, especially leadership role, is to kind of win your team's trust. Mm. Right? So uh, for that, I think clarity of communication is very, very important. Mm. So you bring everybody in, you have a conversation with them, you let them know. So for example, if you're new to the organization and they don't know anything about you, then you have to tell them from scratch. Now, if you've already been in the organization and you've kind of grown into that role, it becomes a little bit you know, easier because they already know you. Correct. Mm. Whereas if you're brand new into the company and you've taken on a critical role, then you have to tell them who you are and what you believe in and how you like to communicate as well. You know, what is your style Mm. in terms of communication, in terms of expectations, in terms of how work needs to be completed, the quality of work, timelines, deadlines, all of these kind of things. Give as much clarity to the team as possible. Then Mm. ask them what they expect from you as well. It's not Mm. just you just downloading all the information on them. Ask them. What kind of a leader do they want to have like what expectations do they have from you that you could possibly meet because you need to make it work it has to be a collaborative effort Two right ways. it can't just be like a one-way thing so yeah. understand them and i would suggest that over the next couple of days that you are there in your in your office get to know them better mm-hmm. you know because everybody every employee will have some things which he or she is really good at yeah you know and there will be some things but they're not very great at so even when you're delegating work and stuff you can pick the right person to do the right kind of job. Right. 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 Somebody who's really good at Excel, for example, be like, okay, fine. Hey, man, you make all the awesome yeah. sheets or whatever. Mm. It. Someone yeah. who's really good at, let's say, handling employees. You know, if I make a sit and do the Excel and I send him out to handle right. the employees, it'll be like, what are you doing? That's not like, a good person. Right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, try to try to know your team and show a genuine interest that, you know, right. I really want to, you know, uh, know more about your work and what mm. you do and how mm. I can help you and let's work, collaborate and Let's work together, that mm. kind of thing, yeah. Mm. It's very
1: important to earn the trust. Okay, tell me something. If you ever had to pick and choose between two people, where one is one of those who comes to work sharp on time, leaves on time, doesn't talk to anyone, very efficient with the work, uh-huh. but is like a no-nonsense person. Okay. You'll never see this person next to the photocopy machine or you taking those coffee breaks or the other breaks <laughs> is like one of those. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this other person who is very enthused at every HR activity, but takes two hours extra to finish the same mm. job which the previous one is taking but mm. is also got a, has got a great personality and is very social and all of that. Mm. So if ever you were asked, yeah. out of these two, you have to just choose one because we don't have the first one.
2: You let go. No, I will take the first one. The, the one, one who does, does the work the job. job ah.
1: Even if he's not coming to your HR activities.
2: I want the job done. I want the job done. Ah. The job done. Ah. So you might have a fabulous personality, but if you're not getting the work done, I'm sorry, I have to let you go. I've made friends, sense. but I have to let you go. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, why are you here? You're here to work, right? So right. Where are, the, where, are the, where are my outcomes? Where are the deliverables that I'm looking for?
1: Right, right. So... Efficiency. Yeah, efficiency is very but important. But that person is not, not even working a minute extra.
2: Huh? Doesn't matter. Are you delivering what I have to get? Do, am I getting what I want from you? I don't ah. care. whether. See, It's it's not about... To be honest, I don't believe in people who spend too much time in the office. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in efficiency. You know, you can you can sit anywhere in the world and do work. Mm. You know, a lot of work which we do for our clients is remote work. We're
1: not sitting in the client office and doing the work. So is it okay for you or for people to just accept the fact that if you've done the job in three hours and if you want to leave early from work, you can? No. You have to finish your working hours,
2: right? You're working. Uh, you're being paid for eight hours of work, as per uh, the labor law. So you stay for the eight hours of work. Right. You don't have to sit, stand sit, uh, I mean, stay a minute extra if you've completed your job. Uh, I don't believe in sucking up to your bosses by staying for another three hours. Yeah. Mm, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are some bosses who expect that, which yeah. I don't condone. Yeah. The contract with the employee is for eight, eight hours. hours. You stay
1: for the eight hours and yeah. then you leave.
2: Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Okay, talking about eight hours, you know, l- lately, this has been trending a lot where mm-hmm. people are like talking about four days a week, especially oh, yeah. after 2019, so nice, where man. a lot of people have and a lot of companies and organizations have continued to work from yes, home and they have yes. accepted that format mm-hmm. for a market like Oman. Yeah. Okay. Where to be really honest, there have been so many times when I step out for lunch, I see people leaving for the day yeah 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 not from my not from my organization just generally okay (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so for a market like oman what do you think is just the right uh format like what do you think would work the best to be honest
2: see being a consultant we work on deliverables Mm. right so i would take like if it if it was me Mm. you know uh, i would take a similar approach in terms of like okay the beginning of the week, I would probably sit down with my team and say, okay, this is what we're expected to deliver at the end of this week. Mm. I don't care how you do it, when you do it. You can sit in the middle of the night and do it. Mm. But I need this done. Mm. Mm. You know, and that's non-negotiable. Mm. So, mm. whether you, you, know, you work from home or you work from the office or you work on top of a tree, I don't care. But get the work done. Mm. Okay, so that's, the, that's my approach. There are some people who say that no, you know, you have to be in the office from nine to five, and mm. you know, I need to see your face in the morning at nine and mm. at night yeah, or night, six at night. <laughs> You know, to say goodbye, whatever it is. Yeah. There are those kind of bosses, but a lot of the organizations now are offering three days on, two days off. Even in oh. Oman, okay.
1: for that matter.
2: Wow. So for certain roles, yeah, there are there are companies. So wow. there's one wow. I'm doing a project with right now. Right. They have this option for some of their employees where if the role is not something where they need to be critically, physically available in the office, mm. it's something mm. which they can do remotely, mm. why not? As long as the work is being done. So you don't abuse that facility that's being right. given to you. There's a certain trust that the employer has, like, okay, fine, I'm letting you stay at home in two days and you know continue to be available on calls, on respond to emails, Complete the work that has been assigned to you during those two days that are still con- are working because I'm paying you for it, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah. So why not? Yeah. There is scope. So it, it you know it depends upon how you use that opportunity. If you mm. are if you do a good job by being available during those hours. Yeah. And by delivering
0: what you're supposed to deliver. Yeah.
2: Why should the employer not give you that option? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. So That's there are the there are companies doing forward. it.
0: Yeah, right. hybrid is the way forward. It is. It yeah, exactly. makes life so much more convenient for people. Especially
2: for the younger generation as well. That that sense of flexibility and independence yes. is so
0: important, you know? Because yeah. yes. It's not like nobody wants the typical 9 to
2: 5.
1: Yeah. Nine.
0: Yeah. They yeah. don't want to be limited. They might just be happy might want to work some of them work better at night. Yeah. It's just how they function. Yeah. Exactly. So for example, yeah, you feel like
1: creative, especially, like a creator, right. like especially yeah. if you're in the entertainment industry. Many a times, yeah. you Because you don't have a time for it, right? Like when when is, your, when is your mind thinking about it? Yeah. That idea is always there. You don't know right. when is it developing. Yeah. But you can't just kind of claim for it that I was working in the night for two hours on the concept, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. used to have to go and just show your eight hours there. So yeah, maybe that, that might just work for you there. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, tell me another thing. You've been in the industry for so long, right? Oh, me feel so, old. <laughs> so <laughs> No, that's experience, experience. dude. That's <laughs> a lot of experience. What are the trends that you have seen changing? Like, what was it? which was five years back, but doesn't seem to continue now, or something that new that has been introduced and is working really well for this market?
2: I think for one, it's that uh, the whole concept of hybrid work, like I said, people mm. are more open to it. There are more, you know, um, there are more open conversations about it and the more employers are embracing it. Right. But that's one thing which we, which we see. Nice. Second thing is that I see that among the younger generation, mm. there is a lot more accountability. Mm. Okay. And from a very young age, they're quite serious about what they want. And they're very driven. Nice. Mm. And they're very no-nonsense. Mm. They don't put up with crap. Like the way we did. Like, you know, if you have... Oh. Yeah. So that's something which... Which I really respect the younger generation for. Like, they will call it as it is. They will call it as they see it. And if they have to walk out, they will walk out. They will not put up with... Anything that's yeah. not going down. Yeah. Right. So that, you know, they, they will not compromise on their careers. They will not compromise on their learning journeys. They will do what it takes to get ahead.
0: And so, that's a good thing. Yeah,
1: that's important But then it has for its own pros and cons. Then you keep switching because you're never satisfied. Like you keep switching like very, well. So no, so how do you retain these people? You retain yeah. them
0: by
2: giving them that motivation that they're looking for. Like giving them what they're looking for. They're looking for growth and learning and challenge. Nice. You know, so keep nice. them engaged. And ah. give them... So, you know, like, I don't want to say it... Well, I kind of want to say it this way. Keep them on a loose leash. You mm.
1: know, don't hold it too tight.
2: Don't pull back. Don't, don't keep them on a tight leash. Yeah. Let it go. Let Let it it okay, there might be times when you have, where you have to pull it back. Yeah, you know, but yeah. a certain amount of flexibility uh, and you know independence needs to be given because that's how they thrive, right? Yeah, you, know, you don't so want to be the one keeping
1: the companies also on their toes just to make sure that even they are working and investing enough back yes. into their employees. Yeah, it's like
2: it's not a one-way thing anymore. Right. I mean, companies have to make just as much effort, yeah, as the employee has to retain their employee and make sure that the employee stays engaged and committed and stays with the company for a long period of time. Right. You
0: have to put in the work as well because. Right or somebody else is going to take that person and go away so the yeah. youth yeah they definitely know what they want now so yeah. what happens or how do you realize that you are not in the right workplace ah. what are a few red flags
2: yeah so so there are so i'm i'm also coach so i'm i'm a i'm an icf
1: certified coach mm-hmm. so i have a lot of uh, <laughs> Four and one. There's I don't even one. have <laughs> that, there those many siblings now. <laughs> 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 Done. I've covered your entire family. So. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, okay, please. So, yeah, so, so that's I, my mom now. <laughs> Agony
2: aunt. <Yeah. laughs> so, yeah. we, so, I have a lot of coaching clients who um, who are going through career transitions, mm. right? So they're mm. moving from one career to another mm. or right. from one job to another, mm. same industry or different industry. So, like you said, how do you know that it's time to move on? How mm. do you know that it's not the right fit for so, you? As human beings, you know, like, our genes, it predisposes us to certain kinds of behaviours. And these behaviours make us more suited to certain kinds of work than others. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you kind of need to ask yourself is, what kind of job is effortless for me? Like, when I'm in it, I don't feel that it's work. It's, I'm in the flow. You know, I enjoy doing it. It's... I can sit here, like look at us sitting here and talking for like hours. It doesn't feel like yeah. doesn't effortful. It's m- like it's like, it's yeah. relaxed. We're you're enjoying it. To yeah. be here, you're looking you
1: know? forward to it. You, yeah. You're like, I want to do this. Not yes. be forced by yes. someone to do this. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, So
2: when, like for example, if I'm working on a, a project for a particular time, which is really interesting, I don't mind getting up at eight every morning and
3: you'll yeah, excited. Exactly.
2: I want to be there, right? Yeah. And the work feels effortless. It's, you know, and you enjoy it. And you will see that for you to do that work, it takes mm. only a certain amount of effort. Mm. But the same work, if it's being done by somebody else, it takes a lot more effort. So you are actually getting more return out mm. of your effort than the other person. So that means you're really good at it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's another thing. And then you have to ask yourself, like, like do I really enjoy what I'm doing here? Yeah. Like, you know, does it does not make me happy? Yeah. That's also important, right? I mean, good yes, I'm, I'm not saying money is not important. Money is very important. But at the end of the day, you want to go home happy as well.
1: what are you doing it all for in fact very recently I was having a conversation with Darshil my husband where I just went back home and I told him that you know what a fantastic productive day it was I didn't realize when did it strike like 3 o'clock but there were also days back in the day where I used to be like I literally used to just keep looking at the watch and I used to be like you know, one hour left. When is it going to be five? When I can when can yeah. I leave yeah. work? Yeah. So the difference technically is that when when you don't realize where the time is going, right? In comparison to when you're just constantly just kind of looking the at the wall, of "When yeah. can I leave?" Yeah. I think that itself says a lot.
2: Exactly. So yeah. if right? you're if you're truly engaged in, in, in your job and what yeah. you're doing, then yeah, you know, you're not looking for an excuse to leave. Yeah. I'm not saying don't leave the job. Stay on till late night. No, but you enjoy it. But you you present you're in the moment you True. find enchantment in what you do and you know every new project is, is an adventure because yeah. you know there's something new you're going there's to learn and, there, you know, you're to going to be scared you're going to be yeah. freaked out a little bit but you know it's there's a challenge there's something new that there's growth you know you're going yeah. to be uncomfortable but you know that you're going to cross that hurdle and when you get to the other side you're like wow yeah, I did you that.
3: pat
1: yourself and you know and you, like, like, you and did you're did so it. proud
0: of yourself you pat yourself on the back and you're like yeah. yes and then i can do more
2: yeah. Would you agree to the
0: saying which says that love your job, not the company? This
2: could yeah. be slightly controversial. <laughs> no, no. So yeah. So hey, I would say love yourself first.
1: Whoa. Nicely
2: put. Dish.
1: Nicely put. <laughs> hey, 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 cut yeah. this. Cut this. Cut <laughs> this. Cut yeah, this. So jobs and can use come. It. Jobs
2: will come and go. Our companies will come and go. But yeah. you know, you, 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 you focus on you, right? You focus on what makes you happy, what you're good at, right. what you want to kind of invest in yourself in terms of your learning, mm-hmm. in terms of your growth, you know. You 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 kind of you have your own like how companies have their own vision, mission and values.
3: Right. You need that to have something
2: for yourself as well. True. You know, like right. what, is my, true. what do I want to see myself doing, you know,
3: five yeah. years from now,
2: ten years from now. What are my values? What are things which are really which are really important for me? Like, right. You know, it's honesty or fun or you know flexibility right. or independence or truth or whatever
0: it is you know mm. i ha- i these have things are very important i have a question this so now this this will be slightly shifting to the counseling side of what okay. you do yeah now some people have really big visions mm. and they might be pretty decent at what they do too but sometimes that job that career is not practical mm. you know yeah. they're passionate yes yeah. but maybe they're not, in not a place. Be the bills. passion is not enough exactly yeah. how do you guide these people so it depends upon like How practical? So the thing is that there are some
2: people who are very creative. They're they're visionaries, right? They see everything in the big picture. Right. They don't drill down to the details. They're not great at implementation. And then they have the reverse as well. There are people who are like so into the details they don't have like the big picture vision. You know, so the best thing to do is you kind of have to bring them together. Right. You know, if you're able to match a a big vision person with a with, like, a super implementer. So, we have this test which we do in companies called the Belbin Team Roles.
1: Okay. okay. Which basically,
2: you know, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about it. No, so here I'm here, hearing
1: it for the first time and I want to know all about it.
2: <laughs> so, in Belbin Team Roles, what we do is we do like an assessment for the entire team. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Depending upon your personality trait, you take on a certain role in the team. So you could be a, a plant. A plant is a person who plants an idea. You know? Then you have somebody who's like a, like like a, you know like a like a team player who's like all about collaborating and making sure that everybody in the team together. works. Then you have like an executor who's like, uh, let's get it done, let's get it done. Uh. So you know, so different people based on their personality, they take on different roles in the team. Right. Right. So it's important to find the right fit. So like I said, for this particular person who's great at envisioning wonderful things but can't get the stuff done, you have to pair him or her with the right people around who can execute his vision right. for him. Right. You know, so either he learns to execute it by himself, as in you tell him, okay, you help the person make a strategy, you help him to break it down. So that's what we do in, in, in coaching, for mm-hmm. example. So person starts off with saying that, okay, I want to do this. This is my goal. Mm-hmm. You know? So then we say, okay, fine, what is your strategy? How are you going to achieve this? goal? Right. So then we make a strategy. You know, you make a plan. Now, let's break down the plan. What are the timelines? What are the mm-hmm. milestones that right. you to achieve? Okay, these are the milestones. Now, by when are you going to achieve the first milestone? When are they achieving? This? So mm-hmm. you break it down, you drill it down into small pieces. Like so how they say, right? How do you eat, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Right. So that's mm-hmm. what you get. You get him to take it one bite at a time.
0: Right. Wow. You make him see the little details. Yeah. That, that's that's it. We learned something very interesting and very <laughs> yeah, new. <neat>. I learned <laughs> a
1: lot of things, man. Yeah. Yeah, how to eat an elephant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely okay now uh, we've, we've spoken a lot about the cvs we've spoken about why you're there in the company yeah. let's now move towards i'm sure that you must have had a lot of times when you must have even called someone to your office or send out that mail which says that thank you very much never the, the email mail.
2: always in person oh always in person you okay, never you you let go a person
1: by mail yeah, because these days you hear so much yeah. where people were just fired. That is online. just plain disrespectful. They, yeah, just, just you know, sending that termination no. letter to so many people or just online okay, where if people it is were fired. during COVID, I can understand. No, these are like recent no. news pieces that you've that's heard. Just, yeah, like that, that's that happening. Is just, and it's still a lead-up yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so, okay, so what is really the right way? Of doing it, how many times have you done it and oh, has there ever how been... it make you feel? Oh, it makes... Okay, I have, I, another I have another question No, I have another one. Has okay. there ever been a case that will stay with you like forever? Oh my God. Any exit interview or anything of that sort? Oh, Take so that. So
2: many. So, the first one is always very, very hard. I remember I was more nervous than the... <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Right? Other person when I did my first termination, it was very, very hard for me because... Look at me. I'm not like... You know, I'm a happy, bubbly person. You okay? mm. that's generally my personality. Mm. You're not the one who comes to bad news that listens. Yeah. <laughs> but, but unfortunately, unfortunately, I wasn't, I'm in HR. So, you know, that comes with a bad rep as well, you know. Yeah. So to a large extent, so when anybody gets a, gets a call says, Please come to HR. Huh. Like, First, emotional like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? Yeah. You know, there's never a happy
1: news coming from yeah. the. They'll yeah. never give I you a comment that, that you got two you know, two weeks extra. You off. Wish. You will never hear all of that. It's always it's like, like, I'm in trouble.
0: It's like when you get called to the principal's office. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So
1: why yeah. do you think I'm out of the job now? <laughs> I don't no. my own consulting That's, now. That, yeah, that, 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 that line itself is very stressful. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. The HR has called you. Yeah. Now, go on. Now... Yeah. yeah, so anyway, so
2: when it comes to, uh, like, termination, like, I would suggest the first thing is, uh, as an HR, what, what I've followed, personally, is that it's a, it's going to be a very difficult conversation. That's right. not going to think thinking, go oh, it's going to be unicorn and rainbows, and, you know, don't try to diminish the emotion in the room, okay? There will definitely be emotion, there will be, there might be anger, there might be shock, there might be, well, some people might be, like, very resigned about it, like, yeah, I knew it was coming, or like, yeah, I was expecting
1: it, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you see... You know, you see all kinds of reactions. Right. Yeah, so, how do you answer questions like uh, when you're handing over a termination letter and the person on the other side is like, but I just bought a house. Yeah. What do oh I do my with yeah. my, like the, the, the school fees? What yeah. do I do with the medical expenses? Like, yeah. oh my God, like, now how do you just answer like all those pers- questions? Yeah,
2: it, it, it gets personal. So you, you have to just be there for that person. Let the person, give them time to process the information. Don't like, try to just like, say the stuff and just like, Push them out of the room like, go away now, my job is done, Yeah, take the paper and run. (laughs) No, so I I would suggest giving as much compassion as possible to the person Mm. and allow them to have have that emotion. If they're feeling angry and they want to rant and rave against you or the company, whatever it is, let them them get it out. You know, Mm. don't defend and say, but actually, you know, you were like this. Mm. No, don't do that. I mean, Mm. let's give them some time to just process the, you know, the bad news. It is bad news even if you know even when people are expecting it i've i've fired people on on new year's day oh yeah. so sh- you know uh, because the line manager said you have to do it now because that was like you should have done it yesterday but you didn't do it yesterday do it today because yesterday was a friday and something the weekend <laughs> or it was a Saturday, oh my so Oh, i god that's so, not
1: how you want to start your new year yeah day. so no.
2: i have fired people uh, one person i will never forget his face i have fired a person on the 1st of jan and yeah, and, I, was, and uh, I felt terrible because I was like, I'm how sure. is this year going to be? I mean, you know, for me and for the person, right. obviously. But yeah, so sometimes you have to do these kind of things and it's really, really hard. So I think the most important emotion that you need to have in this situation is compassion. Mm. For yourself mm. and also for the other person, right? Yeah. Because it's a difficult conversation for both parties. I mean, right. I don't know. I mean, like there, there might be some HR folks who enjoy terminating people, but mm. personally, <laughs> <Statistic> people. <laughs> yeah. personally, I've always found it very traumatic. My worst sure. times of the year is right. when I have to terminate people and yeah. when, when there are performance reviews going on. I hate giving feedback.
1: <laughs> we never touch that topic. Performance reviews. Exactly. Wow. Exactly what if recognition. You, yeah, it's exactly. Important yeah, recognition. For the first yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's talk any about that.
0: Feedback, like any feedback. Yeah. Am I am I am I good? Am I bad? Yeah. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And how Wait,
1: should you even rate yourself while you're filling that form, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, oh my god. We see somebody, everybody <laughs> will rate
2: themselves at five, okay? Five out of five. five no way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Really? And then you'll be
2: like, come, beta, sit yeah,
1: down. Let me tell actually, you the a few things to you.
0: You're yeah. actually, out of five, you're actually a two in this Ooh, area. Like, know, and I'm like, just being generous. <laughs> Alright, so, so how do performance evaluations work? And how often should a company do this? Well, ideally, I would
2: recommend that a company does performance evaluations at least twice a year. Right. But oh, as wow. for Oman labor law, you need to do it at least once a year. Okay. okay. So typically what happens is at the beginning of the financial year, the company will have its company goals, mm. right? So The company goals needs to be broken down into department goals, and then that gets broken down into individual goals. Now, these individual goals are what you call your KPIs, or key mm. performance indicators. So mm. That goes into each employee's file. So you need to be told at the start of the year by your line manager, okay, that these are your KPIs for the year ahead. Mm-hmm. And then this is what we're going to assess you on at the end of the year or mm. after six months. And then based on the assessment score that you get. So people normally give a rating of one to five or whatever it is. And depending upon the rating that you get, that's what will determine what is your increment going to be, what is your bonus going to be, so on and so forth. Mm. So that's right. typically how it should work. So it must ha- you must have a clear idea mm. of what you are working towards. Mm. How is that going to help your company? Mm. How are you going to be assessed? You know, what is the assessment mm-hmm. process like? So all these things need to be made clear to you in the beginning of the year. Mm. So That's also another role which
1: HR, HR has to do. What they does the sure, Oman law say? What is the percent like? How much appraisal should you get towards the end of the year?
2: So as for Oman labor law, uh, typically minimum is 3% of the basic salary that, oh. that they recommend. Okay. Of course, employees normally give higher than that. Right. Typically. Mm. Right. Uh, you know, It's right. usually right. yeah. a, a small amount. Yeah. But a performance review needs to be done. It is, needs to be documented. Mm. Right. Mm. this is also a good time for managers to have a conversation with non-performing staff right. Right. and letting them know that their performance is not up to speed and then you put them on a performance improvement plan for three months or six months wherein you scrutinize their performance mm. you give them specific things tasks, challenges, projects to do right. and you assess how their performance is and you know if you have to let go of the employee at a later point of time you mm. can do so if you followed the due process okay. right. and it's documented properly
1: what uh, really f- is highlighted like what catches your attention Two very good projects that you got on board like, like, you know, two big peaks or consistency. So basically what I'm trying to compare here is there is one person who hasn't been that consistent, but Mm -hmm. has got two big jumps, like two Mm -hmm. very good projects done over the year. And then there is this other person who's been absolutely consistent and brilliant with the job, but not any high peaks. Nothing exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. So which is the one that would get like a higher rating? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It depends upon... What was more important for the company? So now, for example, Ah. these two projects. But don't you think there are kind of interrelated? If this person wouldn't have been consistent, of course your performance would have Yes, like like the company's performance would have gone down. It depends upon
2: the role of the person, right? So if if, let's say, for example, the person has been working very consistently on a particular role, but he has been working on a project which is not of much value or of much worth. Whereas Ah. the other person has been working, let's say, on two projects which are of huge challenge at huge importance for the company, right. then the company might say, okay, I'm going to give this guy, okay, might give him, give him a rating of three because you've done well, you've been consistent throughout, very good. I might give the other guy a rating of four because you you did a more difficult job and mm. it was you know, it was a it was It was the job. end result. Mm. So it depends upon what do you value yeah. as
0: a company? Right? Yeah. What
2: does the company want? That's why I said the company goals are important. Right. So yeah. when you perform, you have to make sure that what you're doing should align with what the company mm. wants you to do. You know, say that, but I did all these things, but the company can come um. back and say, but I,
1: I don't want these things i want those things and you didn't do those things yeah right. and so how should you rate yourself in that performance review because even that happens right you have to <laughs> yeah, rate yourself self yeah self assessment so it
2: starts with a self assessment so majority of the people over assess themselves oh. they always give them give themselves like high scores right. they give themselves like four out of five or five out of five and then <laughs> line manager or hr will sit them around and say <laughs> Let's have a conversation. <laughs> you know, you're not really a five. You're a two. Come on. Show you the mirror. Right there. Yeah, yeah.
1: But then obviously that that's on your head, is there? not That if you only don't value yourself, who else is going to be? <laughs> now best. you have. Yeah. Now at least I have the chance. Let me just give myself six out of. Five. But then again,
2: see, the thing is that with any assessment, you have to provide evidence.
1: Yeah. That's how it works, yeah. right? right? So if you say that Proof.
2: I'm a 5 out of 5 and I got 100% achievement of target for my sales, for yeah. example, you know, yeah. okay, let me see your sales target yeah. numbers. Right. Have you really achieved 100%? True that. Mm. So it has to be, so always better to have KPIs that are measurable, right? Mm. Right. So that you can use an It's very value. difficult
1: to have it in the entertainment industry, trust me. I'm sure it is. Like, for yeah. the That's creative right. people, yes. how do you even yeah. justify uh, that it's a great idea so, or it not executed well by the marketing or the other teams or whatever? Right I mean, like, yeah. Like, for yeah. Example, yeah. You don't sometimes sometimes have numbers.
0: A, to give an example, for example, say an employee has met the targets, whatever has been defined by the company. Measurable targets. Yeah. But the company does not follow the procedures and does not recognize what does the employee do? Move immediately, stay on how How does he he or she shine in that kind of an environment so I would suggest that the
2: person first has a conversation with with the line manager with the HR, like you know I've done all these things, I've ticked all the boxes, I've met all the requirements, you know why haven't I been given what I was promised for mm. example, if he's been promised mm. a promotion or an increment you know mm. so now companies could give them like a very valid reasons as why they, why it was not done. It could be that maybe they didn't have a budget or maybe you know things didn't work out the way they mm. so Wait for an explanation. Raise your concern, okay, to the to the higher-ups and let them know that you're not happy with what has been done to you. Don't sit quietly and say, oh, mm. you know, mope about it. No, mm. speak up. Mm. Let them know that, you know what, I was expecting this, but I didn't get it. So mm. could you give us, could me, uh, give me an explanation as to why then this hasn't happened? So wait for, wait for an explanation from your line manager or from HR as to, you know, why it hasn't happened. Mm. And if you feel that that's an explanation which you can accept, mm. you know, like, yeah, I know the market was bad, and yeah, you know, Cash flow issues, and you know yeah. we had problems, yeah. or whatever it is, or one of the major investors pulled out. You know, mm. you know what's happening in your company, right? If yeah. yeah. so yeah. it makes he sense asked. to you,
3: yeah.
2: Okay, then you stay on. Hmm. Now, if you feel that the company has had a bumper year and they're trying to bullshit you, then you're like,
3: ah,
1: uh, he's like, hey, what's going said. on? I
0: see, like I yeah. see it. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: I know what's going on. So basically, yeah. speak up. Ask.
1: Yeah. yeah. Ask for Make an explanation. Spelled. Yeah. Yeah. Ask yeah. for an
2: explanation. Like, why is this happening? Like, is there a right. reason as to why you haven't given me this promotion or increment that I was expecting? You know. Right. Or it could just be that you expected it, but it was not. You know. Like, sorry. We don't want to Mm. give it to
1: you. Okay, I have a very, very interesting question, which has come from our production team, who's watching us behind the camera right now. And I think it's a very valid question that needs to be asked. Okay. You have spoken about uh, who hires the employees. So basically, HR comes into the picture where you're keeping the bosses happy, you're Mm -hmm. keeping the employees happy. But who hires this person? Who hires this HR? And what are the qualifications? or what are the things that you should be looking for when you are hiring someone for that position?
2: So, Well, typically the, 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 the HR is usually hired by the CEO. Mm. If it's a large corporate, they, which has, let's say, uh, branches in other countries and so on, they might have like a functional head of HR, like a CHRO, mm. who might hire mm. for her, his or her own team. Okay. So usually it'll be, it will be a, a dual process where there will be an operational head, which is locally avail- locally in Oman, for example. And let's say, for example, you have an HR who might be sitting in another country. Mm. So then you kind of have like dual yeah. interviews. Yeah. Otherwise, typically for smaller companies, what happens is the owner of the company or the CEO is the one who hires the HR. Right. So when it comes to what kind of qualifications and so on they need to have, I would say they would, they would need to have a degree in, uh, you know, either an MBA in HR or a CIPD or one of these certifications in HR. That's, that's a given. Now, in addition to that, they need to have relevant work experience in, in that particular role. Uh, in an HR role, in either in a similar industry or related industry. So they have an idea of how to you know, mm. manage these things. Mm. And a reference check is very important to understand how has this person performed in the previous yeah. uh, right. companies and so, yeah. And yeah. so on. And uh, then you meet the person and you, you decide, know. Yeah. You know, well, is this the person who's going to fit the culture of my company Or Because the HR's role is a very, is a very critical role because yeah. they set the tone. Of the company right. to a large extent. Right. Know, the culture in the company, the vibe is set by the HR team. Right. You know, so, companies who understand that and who take the right people to fill those shoes, yeah. they make the right decisions. Because is the foundation.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, right? Because
2: so. you touch so many lives. Yeah. You impact them in so many ways. Yeah. You can really mess up people's lives or you can really, you know, enhance their work experience. So right. A lot of power is there in an HR department. So, yeah.
1: if you pick the right team, yeah, you Absolutely. have the right kind of culture and
2: vibe with the organization. Somebody
1: watching you wants to get into this and take up this as a career. Mm-hmm. Is it well paid? <laughs> yeah, but HR...
2: Um, compared, <laughs> I really want to know that now. <laughs> So compared to, let's say, compared to somebody who's in marketing or finance, uh, HR is paid lower. Okay. okay. Okay? So simply because HR is seen more, more as a support function. It's not right. seen as a... In, in corporates I'm saying uh, it's typically seen as a support function not as a revenue earning function right function right they will not earn as much as somebody who's in marketing somebody who's in finance somebody who's in operations they will always earn more than somebody
1: who's in HR yeah but that's such an important important element for any organization and to do away with that particular role or to just kind of you know settle for anyone yeah. I, I, mean, yeah. I mean, that's no, the, not the pro- fair the for so many people then in, the, in the entire company for that matter. Yeah, After problem, this conversation, I hope that changes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that, that, that's a very, very important role. And yeah. you really need to invest in that particular role as well. Yeah. You need to
0: be the right people
2: to be there in your HR team. Because, yeah, they set said, they said things in place. Yeah.
1: Any yeah. final words before we go? Yeah, like since we are talking about that you come as the common person in the whole you're a cycle of an employee right yeah. from the job interview to the exit interview to the time when the person is spending that time in the company. So whosoever is watching you at the moment, no matter which part of their life right now they are in, if you had to give them one message, what message would that be?
2: Well, I would say that first and foremost, work is only one aspect of your personality, of, of who you are. Don't let your work define your identity. You know, you are more than just... You know, an HR manager or a marketing manager or a doctor or whatever it is. You're so much more than that. So it's just one aspect of who you are. Don't let it, you know, take over your life. Mm. There is more to it. So keep time aside for work, Mm. keep time aside for fun, work hard, have fun even more party
1: harder <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's my yeah, right. and if someone wants to reach you because you have all the contacts you have like the most jogaru person if I had to say oh my god if, you know? if, if, if someone's looking for yeah. a job how do they contact you
0: well you can find me on linkedin right easy okay. access yeah, yeah. yeah. And we'll put there. all the details in the caption absolutely yeah. and Miss Brazine, it's been an absolute pleasure I think this has been a very interesting conversation this is gonna help so many people thank
2: Absolutely. You. thank yeah. you
1: so much and after this I'm not too sure if we'll be updating our season or going to the HR for a raise. So by the time we decide on to that, I think you guys can take good care of yourself. And uh, thank you so much once again. And We'll be back with a lot
0: more interesting conversations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yay!